This special edition of CES Tech Talk is brought to you by Aptiv. Hey, everybody. I'm Tyler Suters with the Consumer Technology Association. We are the owners and the producers of CES, the largest, the most influential tech event in the world. And today we are discussing one of the key strategic themes around CES 2020, vehicle technology, what will eventually become self-driving vehicles for all of us. And a key player in that sector is Aptiv. The company talks about the power of new mobility. This is safer, greener, more connected technology that can change the world. Now, Aptiv, of course, is deep into software capabilities, advanced computing platforms, and networking architecture around vehicles and moving toward SDVs as well. And at CES 2020, the company unveiled its smart vehicle architecture, what Aptiv calls flexible and scalable vehicle level architecture. This includes software for highly automated vehicles, reduced complexity, it's uniting diverse applications and also giving new power and control to OEMs, which seems to be critical in the vehicle technology sector right now. So today, a deep dive conversation into the present of vehicle technology and the future as we move towards self-driving vehicles, a conversation with Aptiv on this edition of CES Tech Talk. Joining us today from Aptiv is Glenn DeVos. He is Senior Vice President and Chief Technology Officer there. Glenn, it's great to have you with us today. It's great to be here. Uh, let's start first with Aptiv's place in, in the greater ecosystem. Um, can you give us a quick overview of what the company is about and where you're heading right now? Sure, we'll be glad to. So Aptiv is a global technology company and with a mission and business strategy really centered around making mobility safer, greener, and more connected. Um, what's unique about Active is that our portfolio in the automotive technology space is, is that we provide the brain and the nervous system, as we call it. We provide everything from central compute, the software that goes inside of that, or the brain, to all of the connections out to the car, to the sensors, to the actuators, throughout all of all of the vehicle, or what we kind of think about it as a nervous system. And so we put all of that together for our OEM customers. As a result, we're leaders in advanced safety, automation, high voltage electrification, as well as connectivity. And to do all of that, we have about 160,000 employees working all over the globe, 19,000 engineers working in 15 major technical centers. And as I said, all of them focused on how do we solve our customers' toughest challenges in, in mobility. Uh, what about your particular scope, Glenn? Um, I know you're at least partially responsible for leading the company's innovation strategies and also the development of advanced technologies. Um, what about the convergence of those two, where, where innovation strategy actually you know, becomes reality, right, and is a technology that's in place there at Aptiv? Yeah. As chief technology officer, one of the key areas in my responsibility is making sure that Aptiv has a robust technology roadmap. And what I mean by that is that as we look out at the market and the changes that are occurring in our industry, that we're developing the right technologies to help our customers, the vehicle manufacturers, solve their problems. How do you bring more software content into the car? How do you make cars more efficient? How do you make them more reliable? And so I spend a large part of my day 
working with our business units and, and, and making sure that we have really robust plans for our next generation of technology. And what's exciting about CES is we get an opportunity to showcase those technologies. All our customers are here. The media is here. So, you know, we can, we can showcase what we're doing to the media as well as suppliers and partners and, uh, and our investors. So it's a phenomenal venue for us to really bring all of that together, showcase what we're working on, talk about that, and then as well get feedback, learn, learn as we go. Yeah, I think you're being far too modest about um, Abdu's place at, at, at CES. <laughs> you were the very first company in the auto industry to exhibit it at, at CES more than 20 years ago. Um, I think it's fair to say a bit has changed <laughs> in those two decades, right? Um, so what is your focus going into to CES 2020? What are the innovations that attendees can expect to see from Aptiv this year? Yeah, that's, that's, a, great, that's a great point. We, we came here 20 years ago, and it was interesting. At that point in time, it was about us learning about tech from all the other participants at CES. It was us soaking that up. If you think about today, there's this really strong automotive presence in the North Hall and in some of the other venues where automotive technology is being presented to, to the rest of the participants. So it's really evolved over time to where automotive is a, is a really strong participant at the, uh, for, for active in particular, you know, that's, that's also the case. We, like I mentioned, we really is a great opportunity for us to showcase. And, and this year we'll be, we'll be highlighting a number of critical technologies in advanced safety or our next generation active safety systems and driver assistance technologies. We'll be talking about what we're doing in high voltage, our, our in-cabin and user experience technologies as well. And then what'll be really exciting is we'll show our, our next generation automated vehicle. In Vegas now for almost two years, we've had a fleet of automated BMWs driving around as part of the Lyft network. We're gonna now show here's the next generation vehicle that takes that automated driving technology to the next level. And, um, but I think, the thing that I'm most excited about for this coming CES is what we're going to be talking around, talking about around smart vehicle architecture. What I mean by that is how do you bring all of that tech together in the vehicle? And that, that's what's really changing rapidly in the automotive, uh, in the automotive marketplace is that vehicle architecture is no longer going to be this embedded, fragmented kind of old architecture, the equivalent of the feature phone. It's really moving rapidly towards a software-defined platform, and where you really are able to create most of the value and the features through software, and that requires a fundamental change in the underlying architecture of the vehicle. So we'll be showcasing our smart vehicle architecture solution, and spending a lot of time really highlighting how that is going to help really move the automotive industry forward. Um, so you bring up a good point, Glenn, about the the rapid evolution that's taking place right now um, and the innovation within the technology. Um, do you mind just sharing a quick state of play from your point of view about where the industry is right now on technology and, and auto safety, but also where it's going in terms of innovation? Yeah, there's a couple of dimensions to that, to that question. And let me touch on those. The first is with respect to safety in general. We're seeing a very rapid expansion of uh, advanced safety features going into the vehicles. This is where the consumer has really recognized the value of these features. The OEMs can differentiate based on safety now and what features they put into their vehicles. And from a technology standpoint, we're able to do a lot more in terms of pre-collision alerts, 
lane keep assist, all of those advanced technologies, including highway assist. And so that part of our market is really accelerating rapidly, and, and it requires some of the most advanced perception as well as vehicle control technology that, that's ever been out there. Along with that, we're seeing a broad acceleration of electrification in our space. And, and part of that's driven by the regulatory requirements in terms of emissions. But the other part of it is, you know, the consumer base is really pulling hard on electrified vehicles, both hybrid vehicles as well as now the whole next generation of battery electric vehicles. And what that brings with it is not just a change in the propulsion system of the vehicle, but also how, you know, the vehicle is architected. And so, uh, uh, you can really start with almost a clean sheet when you go battery battery electric vehicle and really optimize the architecture around software and software enablement. And then the third piece I would talk about is just connectivity and what that means in terms of the data and the content going, you know, flowing into and out of that vehicle. And especially as we approach 5G deployment, we now have a pipeline that can really move a lot of very valuable and good data into the vehicle as well as out of the vehicle. And so with that, there's all new and exciting opportunities for content going into the vehicle, as well as new business models, as, as well as new value creation opportunities. So I don't think there's been a more exciting time in our space than right now. Until tomorrow, right? I say that tongue in cheek. Um, <laughs> Until let, tomorrow. Yeah, let's, That's uh, right. let's unpack that a little bit, Glenn. Um, the architecture sure. of the vehicle, um, I think that to... Um, those of us who aren't in the engineering field, you know, twenty four seven for most of our careers, uh, architecture can mean different things. Um, can you talk about that in a little bit more lay terms, in terms of what what you're discussing and what your what eighteen thousand technologists there um, that that you oversee at Aptiv are are dealing with in terms of architecture with the evolving uh, connected vehicles. Sure. You can think of the architecture, the electrical architecture of the vehicle on, on two levels. The first is the hardware component. And that's, these are all the black boxes that sit in your car and the wires that connect them and, and everything in between. And, and then the other level is the software that goes into the vehicle that controls things like your engine management system or your propulsion management or infotainment or active safety. Everything basically powered by software. The vast majority of today's cars, with probably Tesla being the one notable exception, are what we would call embedded and highly distributed architectures. And what I mean by that is every function has its own controller. So if you want a lift gate or a tailgate that has you know power lift actuation, that has a you have you have a lift gate controller. If you want your HVAC controllers, you know they have a HVAC controller. Your instrument cluster has its own you know its own computer behind it the engine management system, and, and, and. By the time you add it up, it's 100 different boxes doing all these different tasks on the vehicle, each with its own software, each developed independently of the other boxes. And, you know, it doesn't take long before that, that rat's nest of boxes suddenly becomes incredibly cumbersome, difficult to manage, very hard to change and optimize. And quite frankly, it's static. Once you build and ship the car, you you know you hope to never look at it again, um, unless there's a problem that needs to be fixed. That is what we refer to as that embedded, highly fragmented or distributed architecture. The problem with that is it's massively complex. It's very expensive because all those discrete boxes, and it, like as I mentioned, it's static. 
It never gets better over time. And so as we talk about the future vehicle architecture, or we, what we call smart vehicle architecture, what we do is a couple of fundamental changes to that. The first thing we do is we, we extract compute and inputs and outputs. So all the sensors and all of the actuators and everything that's around the, you think of it as the edge of the car, mm-hmm. we we put those into zones with zonal controllers. And so we kind of chop the car up into zones that can be managed and connected separately. That simplifies significantly how you handle all the data and the power that flows around the vehicle. So that's that first step of separating IO from compute. The mm-hmm. next step is we then we then basically bring all of that compute, all that you know what was separate compute, we combine that all into a central compute cluster. So it could be two, three, or four basically compute. Uh, boxes that sit in your car that handle then all the heavy lifting of compute. But now that's all centralized. You have it all into, like I said, a small number of computes as part of that cluster, which means it's you're not managing a hundred different boxes. You're mm-hmm. managing a much smaller number, than mm-hmm. that, four or five or six or whatever, whatever many of the OEM is, is going for. And then the final is piece of that is, that that enables the abstraction of the software that's in the vehicle from the hardware. So the software now is not sprinkled all over all the vehicle ECUs or these different boxes. It's centralized into one platform, if you will, a software platform that sits on that compute cluster, which can then be updated over time, can be managed over its lifecycle, can be managed across vehicle platforms and and really developed and maintained on its own. And, and what I just described is very analogous to what happened with mobile computing. We went from a feature phone where it was very much a hardware phone to a smartphone, which is a mobile computing platform. And if you were to use Android or, or iOS, you know, you can move your content from device to device, from phone to phone. It can be developed independently of the underlying hardware. And that's essentially what's happening with the vehicle. So as we talk about smart vehicle architecture, what we're going to be showing this year at CES is how do you go from today's, you know, fragmented embedded architecture to this smart vehicle architecture? How do you make that journey? How do you get there over time? What steps do you take? And then what are the savings and the benefits? Mm -hmm. Speaking of a more literal uh, journey, Glenn, um, your team, Aptis Technology, was... Um, uh, a major part of the longest self-driving vehicle trip ever, right? About 3,400 miles, San Francisco to New York. Um, um, Almost the entire trip was done um, in full driverless vehicle mode, not to get too technical about it. Um, What did that prove to you when, when you were a part of that successful trip and how long does that last as a quote unquote success or proof point? Um, in terms of the, the industry that, as we said, is, is evolving so quickly and is constantly in need of tackling more difficult challenges and more real life situations. Yeah, that was, that was an exciting time because we had just demonstrated for the very first time, you were the first automated driving demonstration at CES back in I think a number of years ago now. And, and following CES, quite frankly, we asked ourselves, how do we follow that up? And that's when we came up with the idea, let's, I think a cross country drive is a good next step. And so we, um, 
we planned that out and, and it was a, it was an incredible learning experience for us. And, and it, it did a couple of things. The first thing it did was it really validated our, our premise that automated driving is really on that continuum of active safety. So if you think about active safety and where we are today, what we call level two, level two plus type of uh, self-driving, you know, level four, or level five driving is really on that continuum. And so for us, it was, it just really validated that premise that, that as we continue to develop advanced safety systems, the ultimate destination is a, is a fully automated driving vehicle. Mm-hmm. The other thing it did was it helped us understand just the complexities and the challenges that are involved in not just the physical navigation of the car on the road, but also working with all of the states, the regulatory bodies, the mm-hmm. local municipalities, because everywhere we drove, we had to make sure we had we had, you know, the uh, approval to actually drive in an automated fashion through through those states and through those districts. And so it was a it was a great education that you know for us later as we deployed more fleets really helped us understand what is involved with deployment of this and at scale across a, you know, a number of different states. And then I think the final point I would make is it, it really kind of galvanized our imaginations around, well, where, where can we take this? And it was a real, like you said, a proof point for us that, hey, this is real. And this is achievable. Um, it's going to take a lot of work and it'll take time, but we can actually get there. We have the basic core technologies that enable automated driving. And when you think about the safety benefits that it brings, it really, for us, when you think about our mission about safe, green, and connected, we said, hey, this is this is really a priority for for our organization to pursue, and and that's what kind of motivated a number of the subsequent investments and moves that we've made up to the recently announced JV with Hyundai. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about your individual point of view, Glenn, based on on your career and the and the varied responsibilities you've had about the point A to point B uh, trip, as it were, from Detroit to Silicon Valley? Um, and I use those as, as general terms, but of where the auto industry yeah. is going and the fact that that has to be, I, I don't want to carry this the, you know, this metaphor too far, but it's a two-way street. Um, you need both entities, right? A, mm-hmm. a hardcore um, cutting-edge technology capability or minds or talent or infrastructure, but you've got to have what it takes to build cars on a massive scale and the know-how to do it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's That's one of the things that's really that's really challenging about the automotive industry. It's not a, it's not the cloud. It's not a phone. It's a vehicle that moves in space that weighs, you know, you know, 3,500 pounds of metal and plastic and other components. So it, it and provides tremendous utility and service to, to the consumer. So it's, it's a, um, it's unique in the sense that, you know, it has all of the same technology needs that, that, you know, when you think about Silicon Valley and the, and the, and the advanced technology that's developed there, it requires all of that. AI, machine learning, compute. At the same time, it, it's massively complex supply chain management, manufacturing, you know, metal fabrication. It has all of those ingredients. That's what makes it, you know, for me personally in my career, it makes it really fun. It, it, it's a tremendous challenge, and it's really, really fun to work, to work in this space, to bring all that together. But I will say, it's you know, as, as Silicon Valley over the past five, six years 
um, you know, became more focused on the automotive space. That's been tremendously beneficial for uh, for auto. It's brought in new methodologies, new technologies, new new ways of looking at things that our industry needed. And I think that's been extremely helpful. Um, at the same time, you know, you're still building a car that has chassis, suspension, propulsion, all of those, all of those uh, disciplines, and marrying all that together is where is where it really uh, really gets fun. And so, for me personally, having been in the automotive almost 30 years now, um, I said it before, it, this is just the most exciting time that that I think I've ever seen over. Over our career would be my career with the advent of automated driving, with electrification, with connectivity. It's truly a great time to be uh, be in the space, and, and that's part of what makes CES so great because you see a you see that technology coming out of automotive really showcased at CES. So it's it's a really fun it's a really fun week for us. Glenn DeVos is senior vice president and chief technology officer of Aptiv, a key player in the evolution of vehicle technology today and tomorrow. Glenn, great to have you with us. And hey, looking forward to seeing all that you're bringing, uh, both physically and also uh, your perspective to CES 2020. We'll see you soon. Well, thanks very much. It was great to talk with you guys today. All right, that is a wrap for this edition of CES Tech Talk. A reminder, subscribe to the CES Tech Talk podcast. We are on every major platform out there. And that way you can catch up on any of the episodes you may have missed in the run-up to CES 2020 and revisit your favorite episodes anytime you choose. Now, none of this is even remotely possible without the true stars of our podcast, our senior studio engineer, John Lindsay, and our executive producer, Tina Anthony. Y'all are the best in the business. I'm Tyler Suters. Let's talk tech again soon. We'll be right back.